Welcome to the Vertifor Insurance Podcast with Rick Fox. We're here to talk about the industry with some of its biggest influencers. From technology, trends, and current events, if it's happening in insurance, you'll hear about it here. Make sure to tune in every week and join in on the conversation with us on social media at Vertifor. And now, here's Rick Fox. Welcome back to another episode of the Vertifor Insurance Podcast, the VIP. I'm the host, Rick Fox, and this week, I, I say this a lot, I'm very excited about our guest. I always say that. This week, I am extra excited because I want to count him now as a friend and also author of a, an, a book that has just come out. Brian Falchuk is joining. Brian, thank you for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. And what, what I want to say is... More than anything else, we do these we do, we do these episodes, and we try to not be you know commercially or advertisey or do anything that is sort of you know after like self serving. But the beauty of what we're doing today is we're going to talk about the book, Brian. And the yeah. reason we are is I think everything that's in the book it has merit to for for our listeners to learn from. And that's basically my key takeaway from any episode is I want somebody to go away from the episode and feel like they learned something. So I do want to spend some time on the book. But again, thanks for being on. I'm excited to have you. Um, And I want to start the way we usually start. And I want to start by just saying, Brian, how did you get here? What, what's your journey? What, what got you to this point where you're writing a book about insurance? You're already a best-selling author. Uh, how did we get here? Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a PNC veteran. I've been in the space for 20 years in the carrier side, big carriers, small carriers. Um, my last role was to be uh, head of claims for Hiscox USA. But I've worked across the functions, you know, distribution on the broker and agent side and um, underwriting and the, the whole nine. So I've seen I've seen a lot uh, across the spectrum with different carriers, and I was a consultant as well for McKinsey. So like I got to see even more carriers and lots of things going on. And then at the end of my tenure with with uh, Hiscox, I left to join this insurtech startup that was um, not creating a carrier; they were creating enabling technology. And I was one of their first customers and kind of got hooked. And um, I spent last year with them doing growth, which is just a nice way of saying sales. Uh, so people will take your calls when you call them like, ah, the sales guy. No, it's the growth guy. You want to talk to him. I love that. <laughs> um, but it, it was, it was really enlightening for me, first of all, to be in that other context, but then going around to all these folks who, you know, my peers are known from all these conferences and whatnot and talking to them about the situation they find themselves in and how to try to navigate through that. And in those conversations, and I had you know well over a hundred of them, I kept hearing a lot of the same things about on the one side this pressure that people are feeling from customers to to be different, to interact differently, to provide a different customer experience, and people's um, people's appetite to give insurance a pass because the stereotype of we're old and we're slow and whatever else, like they kind of given up on that because everything else in their life has moved forward, right. So now they're sort of like, okay, I'm getting short with you now. You got to change. I can't, you know, I'm not going to get faxes notarized and whatever, you know, like have a carrier pigeon come to my house or, um, we, we don't actually do that luckily, but I had, a, I had someone years ago tell me they were proud chest out. We have 125 file cabinets in this office. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. Well, I love when you see an agent who talks about how they're paperless and you're looking around and it's just like mountains. everywhere. 
Yeah. The only reason you can't see the paper is because there's paper blocking it. Um, but, you know, so they've got that pressure. And then the flip side is trying to meet those pressures and change for customers was really, it's getting them down, to be honest. They're feeling stuck. Like they've got, you know, legacy IT in place or they've been trying to change it. And, you know, eight years into that core system replacement, they still don't have what they need. They're like three times the cost. It's, it's painful. And they've got, you know, politics and, and culture and change aversion. Uh, it's just a number of things that hold us back as an industry, including regulation and, you know, lots of other stuff. Um, so they were feeling pressure and feeling stuck. And adding to that pressure was this new breed of carriers who are starting up that don't have all of the same constraints. They have some, and they have some other things that they have to contend with. But, you know, they don't have the legacy tech. They don't have the right. culture and the politics because they're new. And a lot of them are started by, like, engineers, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's just conversation after conversation. They felt stuck. And, you know, I was luckily able to help them with what I was there for. But uh, my other books are in the self-help space. And, and when I'm on to something, I don't want to just keep it to the people I talk to. I want to put it out there. So I'm like, I need to share the things that are resonating for these carriers that are helping them move forward and share them broadly. And so that's where the idea for the book was born is like, and this may sound kind of cheesy, but I write self-help books. This one is too, even though it's a business book with case studies of insurance companies, it's really for the industry to find the ways we need to change and give us a bit of that hope so we can move forward. Well, and Dylan can vouch for me on this. I am the I try to be as big of an evangelist for the independent agent for this in, in industry as I possibly can. And he can also tell you that we've had plenty of conversations with people that wanted to come on here and sort of, you know, schlep their product or schlep whatever it is they wanted to advertise. And we don't, yeah. we don't get down like that here. Like that's not what we do, but what I believe this is a, this is a manual. This is a book. This is a manual to learn to be better in this industry, to learn more about it, to learn more yeah. how to succeed in it. And I am, uh, I'm excited that I, you know, when I can find time to finish, <laughs> but the parts I've already read, I mean, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, okay, this is some of the stuff I know more than others because I've been around longer, but For even, sure. even a guy like me, an old crusty veteran can, can take something from it. And the way you've teed it up, I just, well, I mean, for starters, let's just start here. The foreword's written by Caribou Honig. For any of you who don't know, Caribou is one of the co-founders of the ITC show, uh, the, the main one in Vegas, but now they do a bunch more. Caribou's been a guest on the podcast before and is always interesting. And if he's writing the forward, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, he's also uh, audioing the, the yeah, forward in the, the audio book. Yeah, so it's um, not just my annoying voice. We've got Caribou's in there too. Exactly. Now it's Well, well now it's at least listenable, right? I mean, yes. now it's... Yeah. <laughs> So, but, but if you look at, you start with a forward by caribou, which means he, I mean, he is, you know, in the very forefront of insure tech and, and kind of the, the greatness of, of the way this industry can change. And then you go into what basically breaks down into three sort of sections and it's sort of the, the, the before, the during and the after and the during yeah. are these seven case studies uh, and we're going to dig into some of the stuff and I'm going to try yeah. to keep it at least high level so that our listeners can digest it. Um, but, but man, this is, I mean, labor of love. How long did this take you to write? Well, so this is the, the, uh, 
kind of awkward thing is coronavirus hit as I was starting this. And so everyone's locked down at home. Yep. So uh, it actually like I started in January and um, it just came out as we're recording this the day before we're recording this. So it's about six months. Yeah. Wow. That's um, amazing. I could get access to everyone. And that's the thing is like, I could have written this probably a lot faster if I just did like research and, and uh, literature scans of all the press releases and whatnot. But we've all seen those presentations at conferences. Like that's not valuable. Just reading the lipstick version of it. You need to hear what actually happened. Yeah. And so the seven carriers that are in there, they participated firsthand. Like I interviewed the people who actually did the stuff and I got to the CEOs and really heard about the real that was going on. Cause that's what you learn from. Right. You know, we, we don't need the gussied up version. We need to know, like, we screwed this up. We struggled here. We got stuck here. And like, you know what, this went really well, or we had no money left in the budget. So here's what we did with our partner. We're like, Hey, if we give you 10 grand, can, you know, like, can, can we, just move ahead and we'll pay you next year. Like, how do you even get into that conversation? Yeah. Um, and, and I would yeah. say this too, if you're looking at, like you're looking where this book is being published, it's being published by insurance nerds. And that's, I mean, we all know these guys, it's Tony Canyus, it's Rob, Amy, and these people are, they're rock stars in the industry. And the reason they are, and the reason why Brian, I think that your book not only already pre-selling as a, as a, as a, as a bestseller or is a bestseller? Tell me that first. Uh, it was the the top selling new book during pre sales in, wow. in insurance, and then once it came out, it hit number one. So in uh, insurance, not if an insurance yeah, book yeah. is number one overall, we I think we might have a problem. I don't think you beat uh, a John Grisham. Uh, no, as, no. Okay, good. Um, but what I was going to say is the, these are the people like these insurance nerds, and now I'm very quickly putting Brian on that list of people who really care about forwarding this industry and getting yeah. people the information they need to not only like, but what I love about it is, is I think it's presented in a way that gets people to not, it's not just telling them what to do. It's sort of, I mean, a guidebook is a tough way to put it, but it's, it's right there. Like, look, don't, don't like, I want to say that it's not the way your book comes across at all or the chapters that I've read, but don't be dumb move forward. Like, like that's the way, like that's, I know no self-help person in the world would ever say it in those terms, but in, if you dumb it down, that's the way I feel about it. It's like, yeah. this is the kind of reading, the kind of time, the kind of energy to listen to this podcast. If you're listening to this podcast, it means you want to get better at what you do. Yeah. Uh, reading this book has that same kind of vibe to me. So I'm really excited about it. Um, yeah. So Brian, I think what we should do now is, I mean, kind of give me your overview of the book. I mean, I, I very, very quickly broke it into the three segments or the yeah. three sections that you have kind of talk to me about that. And then I think we have what looks to be three main areas of focus that we, people can take today. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'll let you kind of, you know, give the overview of the book and then I'll break it down into the sections for you. Sure. So, you know, I, I think I set, I set the context already and, and that's the first part of the book. That first section is really like what I just related to you guys about my backstory and what got me to the point of like, all right, pen to paper time. Yep. Um, and that's this context that we're living in. So the question then is, okay, if that's what we're up against, what do I do? And so the way that I address that story and give those learnings, uh, those insights is through storytelling of firsthand examples from these seven carriers. And it's CSAA, so the, the largest AAA carrier, uh, CNA, the State Compensation Insurance Fund of California, which is easier to just say SCIF, yeah. but State Comp Fund, um, Ohio Mutual, 
then employers, AXA XL, and USAA. And I think that's seven. Yep, that um, was it. I was looking at. Yeah. I'm looking at that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to do it in order for some. I don't know why you actually not. did. You did them in order because I'm looking. Um, I'm looking at your contents page. Good. And you know, when you talk about like dumbing it down, the the thing is like there's nothing I say in here that's the first time you're going to read it. There's nothing that's earth shattering. And right. it's something I think everybody already knows. Like, you know, we'll go, I'm, I'm going to give away the, the meat of the book. I'm not worried about that. So that's how you know, like this isn't a sales ploy. Um, but there's none of those things or the, each, each case has its own takeaways. And then there's like these three super takeaways. None of it should blow you away. And that's the point because they're not, it's nothing you haven't heard that's not what makes it hard to do. What makes it hard to do is how to actually bring it into your existing context and move your organization forward. How do you get unstuck with those things you already knew about? And that's where the storytelling matters because you have to hear it in the context. Like, like I used to be more, I don't know, morbidly, but very obese. I, I weighed a hundred pounds more than I weigh right now. And I, I'm at my fifth grade weight today and I'm 42. So, you know, been, been through the weight loss thing. Yeah. That's why I've helped a lot of people with weight loss because we get it. <laughs> We're on that same page. This is that. Like, there's no weight loss advice you haven't heard before if you're struggling with your weight. That's all out there. But when you talk to someone who's lived through it and how they've actually put it into action, that's how you figure out how to do it. It's the same thing here. There's, there's no, no new science I've invented. Um, well, and I think- about I how to apply it. And I think that could be said, and I've, I've said this a bunch on this show. I'm going to say it again right now. Is I, you've heard me say this before. So it's not like I'm coming up with, I'm reinventing the wheel here. Or any of my guests are, you know, maybe, maybe little pieces. But overall, I think what you're talking about is, is, is the real deal. Because that's, it's how do I apply it? How do I make it real? When, when people feel, whether that, like you said, that's weight loss, that's, a job that they don't like it's stuck in their in their you know with their insurance agency in old technology whatever it is how do i get unstuck and and yeah. so if i just said how do i get unstuck and you could say well try chapter 7 about ohio mutual or try reading the case study that i did on usaa that yeah. might help your particular situation yeah i, I yeah. love that i think i think that's it's it's powerful uh, it's applicable, and um, I think I think overall, like you you you're onto something here. And I'm glad I'm glad you're already being recognized. I hope that our listeners are um, gonna hop over after this if they've already subscribed to the podcast. First, let's get our priorities right. Make That's sure you right. subscribe to the podcast, then jump over to Amazon and get a copy of Brian's new book because I think it I think you will be glad that you did. So. Brian, let's break this down. Let's give them, let's give them something here. Um, yeah. All right. So we got three sort of uh, bullets, for lack of a better term, that I yeah. want you to go into and and give away some meat. Like you said, let's let's not yeah, leave yeah. the meat on the bone. There's obviously a better way or a deeper way to get this than this twenty plus minute podcast. With that's the book, but let's let's show them what you're talking about. I want to start with uh, number one: customers hold the answer. Yeah. yeah. And this, like, this is obvious, but so many companies, not just insurance companies, but so many companies struggle with this. Um, and, and this is, none of these points is specific to carriers. This is for all of us. Uh, it's just given in the context of carriers. Your customers 
are asking you for what they want. They're telling you what they're unhappy with. They're responding with their purchasing behavior, with their likelihood to, you know, tell a friend to come see you, whatever it might be. Are you actually listening to them? Are you presuming what they want? And that's what I see a lot is like, oh, well, you know, customers love this. And, and if you ask them, like, so like Sheffy on, on the coverage, um, Mm -hmm. they do like a coverage week in review, right? Mm -hmm. So she's like, this is an industry of indifferent customers. If you're working on something they don't care about, stop it. Yeah. And like, yeah, look, there's some things they don't care about that you have to work on, but if it's a customer facing thing, product, customer experience, whatever, stop it. (laughs) Like you got to work on what they actually care about. And I see this time and time again where it's like, well, we were working on this thing. We asked customers, they didn't quite want this, but it's close. So like we're doing what customers want. I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah. You're spending money and time to put something out that kind of falls flat. So pause and listen. And you know what? Involve them in the process. And there's numerous examples of that throughout the book. Like you mentioned Ohio Mutual. They spent 10 years trying to figure out how to text with customers in a way that worked for customers and for them. Like that's... Wow that that's that's staying power and they kept failing but they kept learning and they kept refining and customers told them more and more and their people told them more and more but they could have gone with any of the solutions they came up with none of them was good enough but they kept listening and, and i i want to add back something you said right yeah. there brian because for me the, the the thing that you said that resonates the most is the the assumptive part of this, especially in our industry. I think, I think customers hold the answer. You said this at the very beginning, this, this part that, that kind of goes to all that. That's a, that's synonymous with any industry anywhere. That's, that's, you know, customers always right. I mean, you can use any one of those adages. uh, But when you say they hold the answer, I am overly tired of hearing agency principals or people in agencies say, well, this is what my customers want. And then I follow that up almost every single time with the question, did you ask them and that's what they told you? Well, no, we just know our customers. Yes, right. <laughs> uh, that's the, that, drives me, that drives me crazy, really. I mean, that, yeah. that's the big change. That's the sign that you have no idea what your customers want. Yeah, or you'll hear like, we did and this is what they said. And I'm like, let me see what they said. And you look at it and it's like, that's not what they're saying. Right. You're not. And, and it, look, it's fine because you have your own lens and you're interpreting it. But actually, I think this is a really important point for the distribution world is it's been a, a, a tricky dance with some carriers where you need to be careful about how much access you give them to the insured because maybe there's a disintermediation threat there. And right. I totally get that. Mm-hmm. That's not the case with every carrier. And hopefully, you know your markets well enough and your relationships well, well enough to know which ones are, are the right ones to engage with like this. But why don't you sit down with them? You know, when your territory manager or whatever their title is from your carriers in town, why don't you pull in some of your accounts and be like, hey, you know, we've got so-and-so from your carrier here. I'd love to, let, let's all grab lunch. And why don't you tell, and obviously right now it's going to be over Zoom, but like, right. let's, let's talk about what you care about. Like, what are you enjoying about this? What do you wish we could have for you other than just a lower price? Um, facilitate them coming together because here's the thing is, if, if that carrier is listening to your, your, insur- your customer who they're insuring, they're going to meet their needs better. What does that mean for you as their agent? It means that they're going to think better of you. They're going to stick with you longer. They're going to have less issues that end up in your plate because the carrier wasn't meeting their needs. Yep. So 
it's win-win all around. And then by the way, you've got an even stronger relationship with that carrier. And we all know like when carriers love you and you love them, it's a win for everyone. Everybody wins. Yep. So, That's so true. You get, but you got to pick the right ones and build the right relationship with them. And I promise you, your customers will appreciate that too. So I think this is about coming together to listen to customers directly and not, not insert yourself to interpret from your perspective or your knowledge of what they want without really asking them. I, I couldn't agree more, Brian. I, I'm, I mean, I think you're onto something here that's not only, you know, something that I've said that other people like us have said, but the way you're approaching it, I think it's digestible. I think it, it will help people apply it to what they're doing. And thank you for saying, if you said nothing else but customers hold the answer and gave that explanation, I think our people are walking away with something that they can go work on. But I do want to move on uh, to another bullet here. Again, these are all things that, that are addressed and talked about and made applicable in the book, but, but I love that Brian's given us some, given us some uh, behind the curtain stuff on, on the podcast. The next one is engage your people. Talk to me about that. So other than your customers, who else knows what you guys really need? And that's your staff. It's the ones who are either directly interacting with the customers, so they're living firsthand. And that's where Ohio Mutual got that that texting answer was the customers kept asking their staff to text. Um, so, you know, they're at the front lines with, with the actual customers and, or they're living with all the inefficiencies and process problems and all that. So they know the pain points and they know the desires. They have the ideas for how to move ahead. And this is one where I see so much lip service, you know, we're, we're a caring meritocracy. We're non-hierarchical. We love our people. We're, you know, there's a suggestion box. We engage them in these innovation and strategy groups, but what do you do with it? And so right. what you do with it is so critical. Like, do you really take their ideas? Do you let them be the ones who actually run with the projects? And if something fails, what do you do with that failure? Do you sweep it under the carpet? Is, you know, Johnny no longer here because he had that idea that didn't work out? So, you know, I, I share the, uh, the portfolio of employee-based innovation ideas that Skiff had, and there was like 30 or just over 30, 18 of them are in process or complete, which is a wild hit rate. Wow. Um, but you know what? Those other 12 or 12 plus, people know about those too. And the people who came up with them, they're either still there or if they're not still there, it has nothing to do with the innovation that didn't work out and they learn from them. So it's like, look, like maybe this one really can't have legs ultimately, but there's going to be something we can take from it. If nothing else, the people who worked on it came closer together and they pushed and they understood something. And even if we did nothing with it in the end, we moved our organization forward because we genuinely engaged our people and gave them the power to do something with this. I think and if empowerment, it fails, is, empowerment is so important. So important. It, it, and, and it's, it's, it's not like, hey, wouldn't it be cool? It now, especially as we, which I want to touch on here in a minute, is that the younger, like trying to attract young talent. Yeah, that's the baseline uh, for they young. For young, uh, yeah, empowerment yeah. is like that. That kind of goes with the territory. So if your agency yeah. or your any company isn't isn't following through on that and, and taking it and listening. And you made a great point. Maybe it doesn't work. Following back up, what did we learn? Hey, great idea. It didn't work here. But what it did is it, it made us think about this over here. That's empowerment. That's, that's, how, you yeah. get a, that's how you get a culture that's you know, going to be around and, long, and stay around and be happy to come to work. And when they're happy, your customers are happy. 
Yeah. I love that. I love it. I love it. Uh, anything else on that? Or do you want to go to number, the third bullet? I just quickly say a, a story myself is uh, when I was a consultant, I went out to a bunch of agents and I was sitting with one at lunch and the principal's telling us about which markets he loves. And, you know, it's all the ones who pay pretty nice commission and they're good markets. Like, you know, it's a good story. And then I spent two hours with the CSRs who were placing the business. Not a single risk went to any of those markets. They all went to, I'm not going to say who it is, but one who's very heavy in the direct side. So, you know, yes, they support agents, but they're also really actively like multi-billion dollar advertising on their direct business because the CSRs can place those auto policies in, in like, you know, two minutes. And back yeah. then that was insanely fast Yeah, because they'll just burn through all their workload. And then I looked at the reps that were coming from the companies that rep only spent time with the CSRs and yep. he's bringing in pizza and bagels and whatever. Because yep. they, they realize like that's where the answer is. It's not, it is. it's not whining and dining the principal. It's the producing folks on the front line. They have the answer. So if we tailor our solution to them, we're going to win. And they were eating that agency's business. And the principal had no idea. I love that. I lo- I, and it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's one of those, yeah, right, I, I, like that makes sense, right? I mean, that's something that- We've all lived that, it. We've all lived it. Exactly. All right. Number three on this, on our bullets, uh, focus. stay focused, yeah. go. I want to hear you. This is really hard. And especially for anyone in the, the insure tech or the, the startup world, this is like just super hard. Shiny object syndrome yeah. is, is a squirrel real thing. <laughs> totally. And actually, you know what, when you're doing innovation, it is really hard because there's a lot of unknown and there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of new solutions and you can't really tell which one's which or if you're on the right track. So the desire to shift is really powerful. And what you see in, in these stories is you start to suss out like where have they created structure to keep them ring fence so they can move ahead? And where have they also kept their eyes open? Because you can't put on blinders. You can't just shut off your openness to what else is going on or idea generation. But you do have to make progress on the purpose and the scope that you set out for. So basically each one has a good story of like, look, here's where we ring fence so we could keep it moving. We had some specific things we recognize, like actually we don't have the answers here. So we got to play around a little bit and see what's what, but here's how we're going to do that. So we can learn and make decisions and continue to move ahead. And if we get to a place where, you know what, we realize the answer is no, that doesn't mean like we should have been scanning nonstop and seeing what would have been a yes. We had to play this out. We have to learn from it and then reevaluate. So it is a much more purposeful, direct way to be. And I think specifically for the provider side, one of the biggest pushes to not focus is uh, your customers are going to be asking you for stuff. And especially if you serve carriers or, you know, big agency or big brokerage, there's big dollars in that. And if you're a startup, that could be your survival. You know, you're, you're living watching your runway and you're like, wow, we have two months left and these guys could be eight months of revenue or eight months of operations. They're asking for X, Y, Z. That's not on our dev roadmap. We need to pivot and let's build the stuff they want so we can close that deal. That doesn't tend to work out too well. Yeah, that and, short game, it never, yeah, it, it never does. And it's not scalable. So like the employer's case study about building APIs for digital distribution and alternative distribution is a great story of that because they have all these distribution partners who all want something different and they're all asking for customizations and changes and they talk about how they address that. And it's, it's just a really tangible, straightforward way is like when they, when they get asked for a change to the APIs, they take it to their entire slate of existing or 
in the pipeline customers for the APIs, like this is the idea we got, what do you think? And if it, and this is hard, if it's not universally, yes, we need that or we want that, they don't build it. They yeah. keep on the path because they recognize either this is a customization that will not be scalable and we don't have enough resources to just go build whatever. And we're not trying to make 25 different API solutions. We're trying to build one that suits 25 companies. Right. Or maybe we just don't understand enough yet. And that's why it feels like it's not a value to everyone because we haven't fully blown out what this is. Either way, we have to not develop it right now and dig into it further. So that um, they kind of got religion about that. And I think that's a really important and useful way to do it. Brian, I think we could go on for days. And, uh, but I, I honestly do want people to, I want to save some of this for the book because I, I am, I, I'm waiting. I'm going to go get my copy. You gave me a pre-copy, but I want to support. So I'm, as soon as we get done, I'm subscribed already to the podcast. That's again, prioritizing. But then secondly, I'm going to Amazon. I'm going to get the book. Um, so what's the best, let, let's, let, let me, let me ask you the question I always ask, and then we'll finish with the kind of the housekeeping stuff. All right. Um, I, we do this time capsule thing where I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to answer this one question. We're going to record this one little segment. We're going to bury it. Someone's going to dig it up in a month, in a year. What is Brian Falchuk's one big piece of advice for the industry? Yeah, I think the, most valuable thing that I've spotted across the board is when there's humility afoot. Because that's where your ego set aside, your hubris is set aside, and you actually are willing to listen to your customers and empower your people and hear what they're saying and admit when you're wrong and what you don't know. So this is nothing new. It's not just about insurance, but it's really hard for a lot of people, especially as you get more senior, to be like, you know what? I don't know. And maybe you do. Let's talk about it. Like that is a really hard thing to do. And I think it would transform our space. I love that. And I, I, did, a, I did a Monday motivation a few weeks back on, and the word was curiosity for the week. Yeah, it's, yeah. Be curious, learn. Like, and, and, but that starts with, like you said, that starts with admitting that you might not know or that you might not have yeah. the best solution. I, I'm, How curious can you be if you know everything, right? <laughs> exactly, right. I, I, I don't know because I don't know everything. So I'm very curious. Uh, okay, so Amazon, the best place to get the book? Wherever people want to get it, Amazon's got it all. Or all you right. can go to future-of-insurance.com and I link to like every single, <laughs> every single way and place you can get it. And there's more yeah. info on it there. All right, future-of-insurance.com. Uh, follow Brian on LinkedIn, best way to get you. LinkedIn, Instagram, LinkedIn? Twitter, okay. yeah, wherever. Instagram, all right. And the book is The Future of Insurance from Disruption to Evolution, Lessons from Insurers Succeeding in a Changing Industry. Brian, uh, even more fun than I thought it was going to be, my man. I appreciate this. Thank you so much for being on. And everybody go out, support this man who is um, – is doing great stuff for our industry. Thanks for being here, Brian. Thanks a lot, Rick. All right, everybody. Don't forget to, as I've mentioned a few times, subscribe. Go make sure you connect with me on LinkedIn as I share all of our podcasts and other great information. And we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Vertifor Insurance Podcast. And tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode. You can find more episodes at vertifor.com under the resources tab or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe, and if you enjoyed this episode, share it on social and spread the word. 
Don't forget to join in on the conversation and recommend future guests by messaging us at Vertifor.